Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot Mission Briefs. Here on NESSP, I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone. And I am joining you live this evening. I do apologize, having a little bit of technical issues, but I want to make sure that we can get this show in the books for all of you tonight. So I want to thank everybody who is joining with me this evening. Uh, that's tuning in on the Roku channel. And I look forward to uh, being able to give you guys just a quick show. Uh, basically, what we're going to talk about a little bit, Jets blow the 20-point lead. Uh, they were leading at one point in the game versus the Commanders, 27-7. to um, Sam Howe was pulled in favor of Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett did bring the Commanders back at one point. They did lead 28-27. to in which Trevor Simeon, um, after the offense failed to get itself going in the second half, uh, was able to engineer a uh, game-winning drive, in which Greg Zerline uh, was able to uh, kick a field goal to seal the victory for the New York Jets. But, you know, in retrospect, when I take a look at the game itself, um, the game felt a little bit more like a loss than it did a win. Um, and at this point, even with the Jets being mathematically eliminated, it really, there really is nothing to cheer about. Um, you know, it, it's been a very troubling season. And there are a lot of different areas that we could look at, that we could point to, that would suggest that this, um, this team still has some major work to do. Uh, Joe Douglas um, is going to have a lot of work to do in the offseason to try to improve this roster. Uh, most of all, he is also going to need to find out um, what free agents are going to be coming down the pike as far as the offensive line, um, where the Jets are going to be drafting, and you know, go from there. Uh, hopefully, the New York Jets will be able to plug some holes, especially with the fact that um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be coming back. But you know, the um, really my only thoughts about the game was the first the first 30 minutes of the game was pretty much what we had all hoped and expected that the New York Jets offense was going to look like. And we pretty much took advantage of a lot of bad miscues by the by the Washington commanders. They had a blocked punt. Um, they had an interception, which, which, you know, bounced around and it just, it fell completely right in the hands of the defender. Um, Jets were able to do some damage and actually convert some points off of turnovers, which was good, uh, which, which was good to see. Travis Simeon was able to move the ball up and down the field on the commander's defense. Um, he looked efficient with the ball, um, and Jets got some great blocking from the offensive line that were even... Um, stints within this game in which we saw the offensive line and we saw Brees Hall, uh, Brees Hall absolutely just having his way um, with the commander's defense. And, you know, it was good to see uh, Brees Hall hit the end zone. Um, it, it was it, it was good to see the Jets finally reach the end zone. You know, and of course, Jason Brownlee, um, he scored his first touchdown of the season. Um, it was good to see him get involved. Jeremy Ruckert was involved for a little bit of time. Conklin was uh, also made a couple of uh, huge catches for the Jets. But, 
when we get to the second half, even though the Jets defense was really doing pretty much whatever they needed to to make Sam Howell's life miserable, once that pick, um, um, the interception by Quincy Williams, and then Simeon moving the ball down the field, and then Simeon gets intercepted on the six-yard line, and then pretty much you can feel the momentum swing uh, in the favor of the commanders because Jacoby Brissett came in. They were able to score a quick touchdown. Jets offense was three and out. Um, commanders again marched down the field on the Jets defense, score another touchdown. And, you know, again, Jets offense takes the field, another three and out, um, par for the course. Um, we saw a few penalties, which also killed a couple of drives in the second half that really could have amounted to something. But unfortunately, it didn't amount to anything because the, the Jets weren't able to um, to take advantage of it. And of course, you know, the bad penalties that they had did um, stop a couple of drives in which I think that had they would have been able to one of those drives kick a field goal or even score a touchdown, dare I say, that they would have been able to put the game away. And it really wouldn't have mattered what the commanders would have done. But the thing that I did want to I did want to talk about was in the second half, what really started to bother me was the defense's lack of adjustments with Jacoby Brissett. Now, Brissett is not that great of a quarterback. And I really think that the Jets should have been a little bit more prepared, but unfortunately they weren't. So um, it, it's, it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating as a Jets fan. It's frust It's even more frustrating to watch bad football. Um, even though, yes, it was nice to see the Jets win, but it's kind of an empty win. Cause I mean, you still have two more games to go game this upcoming Thursday which I'm going to talk about and yeah, pretty much my, my thoughts, my, just to wrap up the Jets commanders game as a, as a whole, I think that the Jets were lucky to pull that game out in the end, because I think had this been a loss, I really think that it would have been catastrophic because then some serious questions would have needed um, to be, to be asked. And the problem was, was that some of these questions unfortunately did not get um did not get answered uh, we we thought that maybe there was going to be there, there was going to be something that would have uh been able to give us um a, a tremendous amount of uh confidence or at least hope going into the the 24 season but unfortunately that there just wasn't and it was because of that that really you just kind of just look you, you you look at this entire thing and you just say to yourself you know it's just um it, it's an empty victory but for jet fans victories have been coming this year in very short supply um the wheels came off the wagon and there's really nothing else that really can be said unfortunately so uh, I know I made an appearance last um, last week on Jets Chaos with uh, Jeremy Cravat and Nick Shine, and I had some pretty critical comments on just the offensive line and also um, Joe Douglas and Joe Douglas's inability to be able to sign depth. And my, my comments were not well received by the audience, and that's fine. 
because I don't expect my comments to be well received or well liked by anybody unless you feel the same way or are thinking the same exact way. My job is as as a host and what I like to do, you know, even for this show is I like to ask the question. I like to ask the question, put the question out there so the conversation can be had. And I think the biggest problem with our fan base is that nobody wants to answer the question. Everyone just wants to give you their opinion. And if you disagree with their opinion, then you're wrong. You're not a real Jets fan. Your fanhood gets questioned, blah, blah, blah. And I just think that that whole thing is just dumb. I I really do. And it's unfortunate because after the Commanders game, you go on some of the Facebook pages and you see multitudes of just the same garbage. Like people were celebrating, which they had every reason to celebrate. And I'm not going to, not going to take that away from anybody. But then there were also the posts that the Jets should make Jacoby Brissett a priority for signing in the offseason. Then there were the comments about Zach Wilson still not being cleared for concussion protocol. So he was listed as out, and there were the comments in regards to that. And then there was also the comments of fans who were angry with the Jets actually winning this football game because they feel that it's going to affect their draft position. So, again, a lot of mixed bag from the the New York Jet fan base in regards to the – the Jets beating the Commanders. So it was even very interesting to listen to um, New York Sports Radio today because there was a steady stream of fans that had called up and some were happy about the win, but I noticed that there were more that were upset about the win, that they felt like that the Jets should just lose out to improve their draft position as best they can because – there's so many positions that they need to address. And yeah, I get it. But don't you play to win the game? So I just don't, uh, I don't see the point in tanking because I, I really haven't looked at the big board as to where the Jets would be picking if we finished where, or if we finished with what record. And quite frankly, I don't care. I don't really start thinking about the NFL draft until after the NFL free agency period has started to cool down and we're now starting starting to get into the combine and, and all of that good stuff. And that's when I really start thinking about the draft and everything. Cause I mean, it, it's just, it's way too soon. It's way too soon to project who's, who's going to go where, who's going to go to what team, who's going to go, who's going to pick this one, who's going to pick that one because we, we've seen it in so many different directions that it uh, – we, we've seen it go in so many different directions where uh, many people had assumed that one player, player X, was going to get picked and player Z ended up getting picked. So it be interesting to, to uh, see how everything unravels. It really does. So now uh, that's pretty much enough for the Jets, with the, Jets and the Commanders. Now, another thing happened over the weekend. Uh, Woody Johnson has decreed that Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, Nathaniel Hackett, Jeff Ulbricht, and the entire coaching staff will, in fact, be brought back um, for the 2024 season. Um, This coming on the heels of, obviously, everybody wondering what exactly was going to happen. 
Um, I know Robert Sala has been asked for the past couple of weeks. Does he feel like that his job is in jeopardy? So in regards to that, now I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there and I'm actually curious to see if, um, if anybody actually thinks the same way that I do, or um, if anybody kind of is along the same vein, or if you guys totally 100% disagree, I really, I really would love to, um, to find out. But I wonder if what led to Woody Johnson making that decision was maybe Aaron Rodgers going in to Woody Johnson's office and having that sit down with him and letting him know it's my fault that this season is in the toilet because if I didn't get hurt, if the things would have happened differently, maybe our season would have been completely different. Who knows? Um, I had to have think in my heart of hearts that that conversation between Aaron Rodgers and Woody Johnson took place because Aaron Rodgers may be a lot of things, but I have to say during his time here, very short time with the New York Jets. He's been nothing but a stand-up guy. He's gone to bat for his teammates. He's gone to bat for his coach. He's gone to bat for Joe Douglas. He's gone to bat for the organization. And he still feels like that he is the missing piece that is going to be able to slay the dragon. And what I mean by slay the dragon is bring an NFL championship to Florida Park. So now... Whether or not he's actually capable of doing so, we'll see. Because there are still massive issues on this football team that need to be addressed, starting with the offensive line. And, of course, you're also going to need to address skill position players because Garrett Wilson can't do it by himself. Alan Lazard was a disappointment. Randall Cobb probably is going to be done after this season. And you are going to need more wide receivers to assist Garrett Wilson. So a lot of people have toyed with the idea of going after Devontae Adams. That might be something that Rodgers wants the New York Jets organization to do before you can even think about going after Devontae Adams. You really, really, really need to address the offensive line because you're going to need anywhere between two to three starters minimum, and then you're going to have to get backups. And then you're going to have to hope that, again, there's that word hope, that everyone will be ready to go um, when it comes time for training camp and stuff. But we'll see because we we thought everyone was going to be ready to go this year. And there was just massive, massive injuries on the offensive line in which, again, going back to the show Jets Chaos last week, Nick Shine completely defended the, um, you know, he defended the Jets organization. He said that no, no organization would be able to function with the amount of injuries that the Jets had. And I disagreed, which again, my comments were not very well received by the people that were watching the show because I feel like that Joe Douglas should have had foresight at the beginning of the season and even in areas of the season where they noticed that people were going down with injuries and position groups were getting thinner and thinner. And once you're on your third string and pulling guys off practice squads, 
then you know you 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 need to start reaching out um and making a few phone calls to find out if players are players are able to be had the cfl for instance that was one of the biggest things that i had brought up cfl season is over so i'm sure that there would have been quite a few cfl players that would have liked the opportunity to come on down from canada to the united states to play a couple more games of football put some more tape together so that way maybe if they're a free agent maybe their agent uh, could market them to whatever canadian league team would be looking at them so again i just i i there there are a lot of things that i really i really feel like that uh could have been answered that should have been answered really weren't answered and again it's just it's disappointing it's fueled it's fueled my disappointment and I believe it or not, I checked out with this season after the Black Friday game because just the the horror and the disgrace of just watching the fail Mary and then for the second half of the game, the Jets offense and the Jets defense just completely just shut it down and play like they really didn't even care. So that that pretty much is what put the nail in the coffin for me. So, but nevertheless... Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, Jeff Ulbrich, Nathaniel Hackett, um, and company will be coming back for the 2024 season. So I hope that at the end of the year, when they have their closing press conference before everybody heads out for their, their exit, that something is said and some questions that um, people have been asking get answered during that final press conference. So now, which leads me to the Cleveland Browns versus the New York Jets, Thursday night football, which is going to be televised on Amazon Prime. Trevor Simeon has been anointed the starter due to Zach Wilson still not clearing concussion protocol. There were also a couple of other players that were named as Robert Sala uh, gave a little bit of an injury report. What also questioned was Greg Zerline. Greg Zerline actually in the commander's game suffered a quad injury. So the, his situation is being monitored. So right now he is listed as questionable. So hopefully we'll see if his status gets upgraded between now and Thursday. So another thing else, you know, another thing that the Jets are going to have to take a look at because Greg Zerline arguably has been their second best player on the team behind Thomas Morstead. So, um, special teams has really been, you know, tremendous for the New York Jets this season because special teams has kept them in games. Um, so, again, it, it, it'll be really interesting to see how uh, how the game plays out versus the Cleveland Browns. Now, on the other side, you have Joe Flacco, who is, I guess, having a, a, a little bit of a renaissance time right now. Um, he is doing rather well with the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Browns are still fighting for a playoff spot. So I expect Cleveland to be throwing everything at us, including the kitchen sink. And unfortunately, I still don't believe that the Jets can come out on top with this because I think Cleveland needs the game more than the Jets. 
And I think the Jets, there, there are some players right now that are just playing for pride. Um, they're playing for pride. They're playing for respect. They're playing to put footage on tape because they could be playing someplace else next year. Who knows? So it'd be very, very interesting to see exactly how everything transpires. So, but um, there was something. Ah, yes. Joe Flacco was actually asked um, if he had any ill will toward the Jets. And he said no. Um, and, you know, then there were a few other comments which came up in which people had said, well, the way that he's playing for the Browns, why couldn't he do that while he was with the Jets? And then, of course, we have the excuses with the offensive line and so on and so forth. So, I mean, you can't even really call them excuses because they're fact. Um, the Jets offensive line is a mess. And even though Joe Douglas addressed it, I don't feel like that he addressed it enough. And I also feel like that he put his fate and apples all in the baskets of 30-something-year-old offensive linemen that are injury-prone. So, now, what does uh, sound interesting is, you know, as far as offensive linemen is concerned, I definitely do expect the Jets to probably see if they could reach out to one of Aaron Rodgers' friends, uh, David Bakhtari, who actually was out um, this season with an injury. So, uh, I expect that the Jets are probably going to make a um, make a play for him. So that should be very interesting to see whether or not they they do bring him in or not on the on the free agent scale. But the the New York Jets are going to have a lot of work to do in the offseason. So, all right. So that being said, um, we pretty much have covered everything that we're going to cover tonight. I did want to let the viewers know, um, starting in January. Uh, Weapon Top Mission Briefs is going to actually be moving to Saturday nights uh, from 8 to 8.30 uh, as we are in the process of doing some reshuffling here at the Northeast uh, Sports Streaming Productions Network. So uh, Weapon Top is again going to be uh, moved from traditional Tuesday nights to Saturday night from uh, 8 to 8.30. So sometime in January... We'll be uh, we'll we'll be kicking that off once uh, I get the green light from production to to see how it goes. Um, we're gonna see how that time slot works, and we'll go from there. So, if anyone has any questions or any topics that they'd like me to cover, please by all means send me an email at missionbriefshow at gmail.com. A brand new email representing for this show altogether. Um, I again. If you have any questions or if you, you have a question, you have a topic you want me to dive into, I'll be more than happy. If you just want to send me an email and say, hey, I think you suck and I have, you know, you know nothing about football. Hey, that's great, too. So by all means, um, the email is there for you guys. Uh, again, I appreciate you guys taking the time every single week um, to come out and to take a look, to take a peek at the show to support the show, to support the network. And again, I'm going to thank everybody. So with that, I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. I wish everyone a very happy and very healthy and very safe New Year's. And this is CJ, the painkiller, D. Simone, host of Weapons Hot Mission Briefs here on NESSB, signing off for tonight.
I'll see you guys. I want to see you guys. Peace, love. Go Jets. And as always, be good to one another.